the better you get at your craft and what you do, the faster you are at doing it. You know, when you first start out in design, it takes you a while to make design decisions and you need to do, you know, a hundred different concepts to come up with the one that's going to work. Whereas the more design you do and the better you get at it, the better you get at problem solving using design, the faster you can make those decisions and the better ideas you have. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. Today we're talking about something we get asked about a lot, and I'm sure any freelancer get, uh, gets asked a lot actually, and that is pricing. How to price your work. This is not really going to be a tutorial, right Fem? We're not no. going to give you all the answers, I'm afraid. Sorry, you know, thought I'd tell you that straight up front. But we're going to talk about our approach to pricing and how, how we price our work and how that's changed from when we first started. And we will give you some advice for figuring out a way that works best for you. We've got some great answers from our listeners too. So looking forward to it. First though, Fem, how has your week been? Yeah, I'm currently undergoing a little bit of, I guess, repositioning behind the scenes. I'm looking to start my own personal website. So at the moment, I don't really have a personal website. That's sort of all about me. And I've been working behind the scenes on putting that together and potentially moving the blog across and those kind of things. So something that I'm currently working on at the moment is, yeah, just a bit of repositioning and restructure work and I guess taking a moment to sort of reflect on the year that I've been writing because it's been just over a year now and congratulations oh thank you yeah and kind of figure out like what's next and what's working and what's not working so that's kind of what I've been working on behind the scenes you know what I've been working on a bit of repositioning as well not to the extreme I think that you have but uh, I've been looking at my YouTube channel following on from that week I had at YouTube Next Up, that creator camp I talked about a few episodes ago. Yeah. And looking at how I can really focus in on design content on my channel and have different streams of that rather than design just being, you know, one section of what I do. I think we should, we're going to talk about this in a future episode, aren't we? Let's, let's do one on repositioning. Yeah, next week I think that will be a interesting topic to talk about, especially considering it's something coincidentally we're both kind of going through at the same time. Yeah, we've and, not planned this. No, <laughs> and kind of figuring it out as we go. So yeah, I think that should be an interesting episode for next week. Yeah, stay tuned. And if you've got questions for us, there will be time to get them in. So tweet them to us at Design Life FM. So pricing. It's a bit of a scary topic, I think, because... I feel like we can get pretty sensitive about it and everyone's kind of shy and nervous to talk about it. Like, how do I price? What should I price things? It is a really difficult thing to figure out, especially as a freelancer when you're sort of thrown into the deep end and having to all of a sudden put a price tag on your work. That can be super, super difficult, especially if you're new to it and maybe don't have that much experience. You know, how do you come up with a price for your work so yeah it's so tough it's the thing that you get excited right when a client gets in touch with you and it's like yes you know I can make some money on the side doing this thing and then you have this moment of wait how much money 
do I charge them though? Like, how do I do this? What's fair? Like, I don't want to quote them a price that's too crazy that they'll, you know, just never respond to me again, but I don't want to quote a price that's too low because then it's not worth my time. It's this fine balance you have to get, right? Yeah, it kind of almost feels like a, like when you're starting, especially, it kind of feels like a game. Like, oh, I'll play this move and see if they reply or I'll play this Mm. move and see how they react to that. And I think it is something that does take a little bit of trial and error. Like it's impossible the first time to get it right, I think. I think, you know, as we as designers do more and more work, we sort of, I think, become better at understanding and uncovering our own value and that is just a journey, I think, that we have to go along. Like, we don't just wake up one morning and be like, yes, I know how much I'm worth now. You know, I don't feel like it really happens that way. So it is a bit of a process, I think, and a bit of trial and error to finding out, you know, what what your work is worth and how you can charge effectively for it. And I think it's almost a guarantee that you will undervalue yourself at first. I know yeah. I definitely did. I, I We've talked about it in past episodes that my first freelance projects were for a baby store that I worked at. And so I was just charging them for design work the same rate that I worked in the shop for. You know, yeah, I just put yeah. my design work hours on the timesheet as well as the shop assistant hours, which is obviously, you know, design work should be valued more than that. But I didn't know at the time and I was just excited to be working. So yeah, I think that's a guarantee. You will undervalue yourself at first. Yeah, I remember sitting in a class once at design school and our tutor was sort of going through his portfolio. I I can't remember the context, but he must have been showing it to us for for a reason. Uh, And one of the students in my class raised her hand and she just sort of very bravely of her she just blurted out what's your hourly rate how much do you charge your clients and everyone in the class was like you know because it's quite a personal question you know asking people how much they earn it is but also I think we should be more open with pricing because it's so hard when you're first starting out to even know what ballpark to be in yeah like not to interrupt your story too much but the reason that I was undervaluing myself so much to start with is because I had no clue what like even starting rate should be for design just no idea anyway keep on going oh there's not much more to the story really except for the fact that you know at first the tutor was obviously uncomfortable with the question uh but then sort of opened up and said his his rate which was I think around a hundred dollars that's New Zealand dollars uh and you know, everyone in the class is obviously like, wow, you know, that's so much money. And uh, yeah. this little student was like, oh, like I'm currently, you know, in talks with doing my first freelance project. And I was thinking of charging like around, I don't know what it was, maybe like $15 an hour. And then this kind oh. of discussion started where, you know, some of the people in the class were like, oh yeah, that sounds reasonable. And other people like me were like, no, that's far too low. Like you need to up your rates. And it kind of just spawned into this classroom discussion. But it's just interesting, I think, especially at that stage when you're still so young. And I don't know why there's such taboo around talking about pricing. Like there's a lot of talk about pricing, but there doesn't seem to be much talk about the actual value, like the actual dollar you know, the amount of money that you put at the bottom of your invoice. There doesn't seem to be much talk about that. Yeah, which makes it really difficult to, you know, get that base figure. You know, I really love that 
you guys in your class had that discussion about pricing though that's not something I ever remember talking about in any of my classes so I think that's cool that that student sort of kicked yeah, that off it totally wasn't well planned <laughs> it just yeah. was like a spontaneous moment where she bravely asked that question so how did you figure out your pricing then when you first started like how did you base it what did you base it on like I said for me I just charged whatever my hourly rate was at the shop obviously that's changed now but we can talk about you know pricing now later when you first started how did you figure out what to charge great question my very first project they actually set the price which ah, interesting. probably everybody listening to this is like internally gasping uh, but what it was was that it was for a not-for-profit so they said look uh, this is what we need and we can give you like a sort of honorarium of a hundred dollars and at the time I was like okay like it didn't bother me too much this was my very first project I was still in design school a hundred dollars back then was already to me a decent amount of money so Mm -hmm. I kind of just went with that and then I think I sort of then started subconsciously using that as like a a measurement as to how I would charge for future projects like I always related it back to well they paid me a hundred bucks to do that thing so this one should be about x do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. That that's the important thing when you're first starting is that those first projects really do inform how you value your work because that's what you've physically been paid for, totally. right? So yeah, it is really important and more important than you might think. Yeah, I don't think I ever went through the phase of charging hourly. I th- Interesting. I think I've always charged per project fee, at least from my memory right now. I don't remember ever charging on an hourly rate I don't charge hourly now but I did used to and I changed after I can't remember what project it was but I had a freelance project come along and I was trying to figure out what to price and I came across a article written by Jessica Heesh you know our favorite designer we talk about her a lot (laughs) and actually you spoke at a conference with her recently which is just so cool I know it was quite surreal (laughs) (laughs) but her article is called the dark art of pricing And in it, she talked about how hourly rates just are not productive for efficiency because technically the better you get at your craft and what you do, the faster you are at doing it. You know, when you first start out in design, it takes you a while to make design decisions and you need to do, you know, a hundred different concepts to come up with the one that's going to work. Whereas the more design you do and the better you get at it, the better you get at problem solving using design, the faster you can make those decisions and the better ideas you have. I suppose. So if you priced by the hour, technically you'd be earning more for your early work than you did when, you know, you get a bit better at it, which doesn't make sense. So when I read that, it was kind of eye-opening to me. I was like, hmm, hang on, that's a really good point. And she also made another point that, and I'm just going to read a quote here. She said, if the first time your client sees the total hours is on the job concluding invoice, a world of hurt awaits. And what I take this to mean is that you do sort of have to give your client an estimate up front of how many hours this project is going to take. You know, they want to get an idea of how much they're going to be charged for it, even if it is by the hour. So you're going to have to be doing some estimates anyway, which is, you know, a reason why I liked hourly was because I didn't have to think about how long it was going to take me. I could just do the work because I had no clue how to estimate that. But it got me thinking that, okay, 
So if I'm going to need to estimate to this client anyway and give them an idea of how long this will take, why don't I just charge a flat rate then and it doesn't have to be based solely on hours because then I can put a bit more value in it for me that you know equates more to the level of skill that I'm at even though this thing might only take me an hour to lay out I'm not just going to charge I don't know my rate at the time might have been like $50 an hour or something because I was still you know not that great yet and still early in the industry but my time was worth worth more than that technically because of the you know the years of experience and the training that I'd had so that's that's what caused me to make this shift more to pricing based on project and I'm still working out exactly how to go about doing that but that's my approach now is to price based on the hours as well like you know the hourly rate well the hourly estimate does come into the project rate but also other things are on top of that is that does that sort of sound similar to what you do yes that sounds totally similar to what I do and I find it quite interesting because often when I see discussions or debates go on, you know, about hourly pricing and things, and I mean, you made the the point very well, which is as you get better, you're actually punishing yourself, right? Because you become more efficient. And if you're only charging by an hour, then you are quicker at things. So you get less, right? And I always see people argue that point by saying, oh, we'll just increase your rates then. And that comment always bugs me because I think, yes, like that's a totally valid point. You could increase your rates, but good luck telling your recurring clients every time they come to you for a project that, oh, I've upped my rates again. It's going to be more expensive for you this time. And also good luck figuring out how much you should increase it by. And also what a waste of time if like every month you have to sit down and be like, okay, I guess I'm more experienced in this thing now. Maybe I should increase by this much or what about this much or that kind of stuff. Like it's, I think it's easier said than done to just be like, oh, we'll just increase your rates as you get better. Because I think there's a lot of extra stuff that comes with that than just doing that if that made any sense at all it definitely does make sense and another reason I don't like the idea of hourly pricing although we might talk about later that I think it is suitable in some situations but the concept of it to me makes design just feel like you know a commodity or a service you know like oh I just need two hours of this person's time rather than I need this person's creativity and problem solving skills to help me design a solution to this you know problem that I'm having so I can sell more of this thing you know yeah I think, it's like an expense over an investment yeah exactly I think that pricing by the hour just doesn't put the value of design in the best frame that was terribly explained you know what I mean though that I mean it is suitable for some situations where like you know potentially doing revisions if it goes past what you've set in your contract you know it will allow two rounds of revision but the client needs more you can charge by the hour for that because that will actually rack up quite fast and the client you know deserves that because they're the ones who have you know causing this to happen yeah or for I don't know I'm trying to think of another situation where I would charge hourly maybe if it's recurring work and you know it's not up a project that you can wrap up and put a bow on you know yeah, I think I would also charge hourly or maybe a day rate if 
And only if I was a full-time freelancer, but weekend work was required. Yeah, that like makes sense. Like la- last minute, you know, maybe they push the deadline to a Monday morning. And so you're like, well, crap, I'm going to have to pull a whole weekend then to get everything finished in time. In that sort of scenario, I might consider charging like an additional day rate for each weekend day worked. Maybe. I haven't been in that situation yet, but I, I know some freelancers who do that and I think it saves them quite a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Day rate is an interesting one. We, I've worked with a freelancer before at Zero, uh, who was you know, on a week rate or a day rate or something. I don't know, but he'd come in to help us out with a few projects, but it wasn't like one specific project that he was owning, you know, so he could price based mm. on value or anything. Yeah, I think that's a bit and, different. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he was on a day rate because basically we were paying for his time and to be there to, you know, share knowledge with us and yeah. So I think the day rate makes sense when there's not one particular project that you'll be involved with from start to finish. When I think about hourly pricing, I just think about how much extra like overhead that must be. Like you have to time track and you, I can imagine that you'd feel rushed some of the time, you know, because I, I mean, I've never priced per hour, but I imagine that you would at least give some indication upfront to the client, like it's going to be around 50 hours of work or something. And so I can imagine that you probably have this sort of invisible boundary of how many hours you can clock up before the client starts Mm. questioning how long it's taking you. So I don't know, what if you come halfway through a project and uncover something that's going to take a lot of extra more time to figure out and then you suddenly have to squeeze that into your last 25 hours of that project you have? I, I don't know, I feel like you'd feel super rushed and then you wouldn't be able to get the job done as effectively as you could have. Yeah, I just want to bring in a tweet here, actually, even though, you know, we'll bring in the rest later. But this one from Nairi, she says that she does a bit of both hourly pricing and flat rates, hourly for smaller jobs and a flat rate based off hourly estimates for bigger jobs. And then she said transparency to clients is key. And I think transparency is a good thing, but also the clients don't need to see a breakdown of the flat rate and exactly yep. what it's made up of, you know? Obviously, you're going to be giving them an estimate of how much time it will take because you'll be telling them when when, it, when you'll have it to them, right? You're promising a deadline. You're promising to meet that deadline. So that's an estimate of the time, I suppose. But the client doesn't know if you're spending, you know, 24-7 on this or if you're just doing a little bit each day. And I think that's okay. I think that... If the price is something that you've figured out based on what's best for you and what's you know good for the client based on the value they're going to get out of it, they don't need to know the nitty gritty of exactly what each dollar, you know, how it was figured out. Do you agree with that? That that might be a bit controversial because I'm not saying that you should be dishonest and inflate your price or anything like that. I'm just saying that the client doesn't need to know exactly how you figured out the price. Yeah, I I agree. Like I have never put on my invoices or my proposals or my contracts how many hours I expect something to take me or how many hours something did take me. I just tell them up front, this is what it's going to cost. And, you know, so far I have never had a problem with that. I think clients actually appreciate being told up front what the full cost is going to be I think it's more beneficial for them in terms of it, it allows them to like better plan and better budget and manage their expenses and investments and whatever and 
I don't think they need to know how many hours it took me. I think all that they should really be concerned about is that I get the job done and that I get the job done on time. And whether it's a job that takes two hours or 20 hours, why should it matter to the client how long or how many hours I spent on it as long as they get it at the due date that we agreed upon? Yeah, and as long as they're happy with the end result then and it solves the problem, that's really what matters. But in saying that, Nari, don't feel like, you know, we're hating on transparency or anything because it's a really good thing. And if you, yeah, you, if your clients like hearing about the hours that you put in, then and if that's what keeps them around, then that's great. Keep on doing it. Yeah, I think if you're charging hourly, there has to be some level of transparency up front. I kind of, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've never done it myself, but I, I would imagine that if you do charge hourly, you don't just say, oh, my hourly rate's 50 bucks an hour. I'll send you an invoice at the end of it. I think clients always want to know at least an estimate of how many hours it's going to be, right? So there is some level of transparency that you have to share. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before with that article from Jessica Heesh, how you do have to give them an estimate up front of how long it's going to take, which, you know, is the start of basically a flat rate. You know, you're giving them an idea. So Exactly why not go for that audit method? I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, something I want to know then, because we've talked about how we don't price based on the hour. How do you price? And like, how do you work it out? Uh, and do you charge more for a bigger company that you work for than a smaller one? Yeah. So at the moment I'm using value-based pricing which is essentially charging based on the value of the project. And to determine the value of the project, that comes about from having a lot of discussions and conversations with the client and uncovering what, you know, what the value is to their business of that particular project. This is something that I'm still, I feel like I'm still sort of in a trial period with, even though I've been doing it for about a year. I think... I, you know, I, I don't know whether it is the right way and the right way for everybody. I have some friends who charge based on day rates and I have some friends who charge uh, per project, which to me, value-based pricing and charging per project is different. I think some people think they're the same thing, but to me, I see those as two very different things. Value-based pricing is about charging based on the value and per project-based pricing is just kind of almost like hourly pricing but you're just giving them the upfront cost of how much it's going to be and not breaking it down per hour I don't know if that has to be the case but it could be the case like you could price a project based on the value uh you know it's it's not just hourly rates that go into it but I think value-based pricing is a way of figuring out the project price that that's how I think of it anyway like value-based pricing is the method and project-based pricing is the output. Does that make sense? Yeah, interesting. I've never really thought about it that way. Often when I see people talk about pricing per project, they don't really mention value. So maybe I just assumed that they're not incorporating the value into it, but maybe they actually are. Yeah, possibly. You mean, that's the thing with project-based pricing is you don't have to lay out exactly where all the costs come from, you know? I would say that, I mean, I don't think I can say I do value-based pricing because I don't have any clue how to uncover, you know, monetary value that the client is going to get from a project in order to work out the price. I'm just not good at that at all. And I know that there's courses about it, et cetera, but that's not something that I've invested in yet. Uh, But 
how I figured out my pricing system at the moment is from an amazing class that I mentioned before from the new school called the designers pricing class you know very simple name does what it says on the tin (laughs) and I've just found that so valuable there's a there's a element of value in there because I think when you charge based on what the company's going to get out of it and whether you know how big the company is that's in a way considering the value that they're going to get from it and so I think there's an element of value-based pricing in my method, but I don't know if I could say that that's what it all hinges on. Yeah. Did that make sense? Yeah, that made sense. And I I guess I'm still somewhere in between because I, I really like value-based pricing, mm. but it's very hard to nail it if that makes sense you know yeah and I think that your questionnaires that we've talked about in previous episodes are obviously a way towards that aren't they you know that's I'm guessing anyway that those questionnaires the answers from them is how you work out the price and how you work out what the value will be to the client yeah so the method that I use from this designer's pricing class like we talked about before involves like a base of hourly and the way they talk about it you should really get the class because it is really good and I'm going to, you know, not do it justice. But the way they talk about it is you need to cover your expenses. You know, you have to make sure that you are making enough money to live. So you need to work out what you need to cover your time. And that is like the starting point for the project. And on top of that, you add the more value stuff. So, you know, uh, talking about how fast the client needs it you know you can put on extra if they have a shorter deadline or if they're a bigger company and this is going to be you know a campaign that goes out to millions rather than you know just a little website maybe seen by 100 people a month that there's a difference in that and they have like a little a system for for working this out and giving you some pricing suggestions which I found really useful but they have that hourly as the base meaning you cannot go below this like this is what you need to live so you'll break even if you charge this price but you know to get more from it and to uh, improve your business and improve your rates then you need to add on to it with these other things and it just gives you a lot to think about and yeah I recommend checking it out there's a couple of blog posts from them as well that are just free to read and I'll link them in the show notes because they really helped me when I was pricing this recent client project I did yeah they are really good I've been following the new school for a while now and they always have really good stuff I have a question though and I feel like this is going to be difficult to to explain so I'm going to give it a go (laughs) go for it so say you have two clients that are essentially the same like they're in the same industry they essentially offer the same services or software or whatever Mm -hmm. one of them is like you know, venture backed or whatever, they've got millions in the bank, they are totally funded and already pretty successful. The other one, let's say it's a startup. Now, let's say they both come to you with essentially the same brief. They both want, I don't know, uh, a new marketing site, for example. Now, me as a designer, I know that the level of quality that I provide to both of them is going to be the same. I'm going to put the same amount of effort in and probably like let's say I'm creating essentially the same website for both of them now because one of them is a startup and the other one is let's say a giant company that's already you know very successful do you charge differently because the successful one 
probably sees more value in it and can get more value in it because they can leverage their already existing success. But the small startup, there's not as much value in it for them because, I don't know, maybe they only have 100 customers or something. Even though you're putting in the same amount of effort and delivering like essentially the same thing, do you charge differently for each one? Okay. I would say that I wouldn't put in the same effort and produce the same thing. And let me explain this. Okay. So what the new school pricing class taught me was to offer different levels of packages to to the clients. So the middle one is generally exactly what you've talked about. Well, maybe. This is what I did recently anyway. So the middle one was exactly what the client asked for, which was uh, a branding system and a, a couple of extra pieces like an email template or something like that. Uh, the The lower package, you know, which you offer as an alternative if perhaps you think that you know they can't afford what they've asked for you know that's not something that's in 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 their budget but you don't want to lower your rates to meet their budget because that's not fair because you're not being charged fairly for your work you know so the lower package has less in it it's still going to answer a problem but they're going to have to do a bit more work themselves or you know it's not going to be as as fulfilled as they would have hoped for so in the situation of this branding project the lower package was just the brand and some brand guidelines whereas the one above also included like exports for social media and email templates and you know additional things like that they're going to make their lives easier whereas they they could do that themselves or you know hire someone you know um, pay them by the hour or whatever to put that in place for them and then there's a third package which is like the gold package which has extras that perhaps that they haven't come to you asking for, but you know would be really valuable to them. And you can include them. And obviously the price is going to be a lot higher because this is stuff that they weren't asking for and it goes above and beyond. But they might go for it. They might see the value in that if you communicate it clearly. And even if they don't, it goes a long way, I think, in their minds to seeing you as a valuable resource for them that you get what they're about and they can see that, oh yes, this thing would be amazing and it's awesome this person is suggesting it, can't afford it right now, so we're going to go for this one instead. But, you know, it puts it in a good place in their minds. So in this situation of these two companies, to bring it back to what you were talking about, I would think the startup would likely choose the bronze package, you know, the lower one, because that's all they can afford at the moment, whereas the funded company might go for a higher one. And potentially might charge different between them because yeah. of their their different abilities to leverage it you know but for me anyway I would, those three packages is a main main part of what I offer that is a really nice way to break it up and and divide it because like what I was thinking before where say you know I put the same amount of effort into both of them and essentially they're the same design result I struggle with that because I know that one would be for less money and the other one would be for more because of the value, but you're essentially doing the same amount of work. And so that's where like sometimes I get a little bit confused and tripped up because I don't want to lessen my design standards, you know, like I could do it for less for the startup, but then I know inside of me that I could have done a better job. Like I could have done something that might've like been, you know, much more awesome essentially. And so having to like stop myself in my level of design to fit within the boundaries of the scope or like the low budget, sometimes that can be, you know, frustrating because I want to produce good work and I want to 
I guess have bigger budgets that I can play around with so that I can do my best work. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you should ever lower your design quality. If you're having to do that to meet, um, you know, the scope, then you haven't charged enough is what I think. Because when you price based on, you know, charging more to a bigger company, like I was talking about before, that base rate should cover everything, like should cover your time and your expenses so that you can put in the effort. And then what's on top is more like, you know, icing and it's fees for, you know, the company being bigger or it depends on how excited you are about the project as well or something else new school talk about, you know, that's a factor in, in coming up with your price. But also it's fair enough to want to get bigger and better clients and in that case, bigger and better budgets to, to play with. That's that's totally fair enough. Like for me, when I think about designing for bands, I know that I'm not going to be able to make a living from it because the kind of bands that I want to design for are small bands who are, you know, struggling to pay their rent. You know, that's that's the kind of music I love and the people that I want to help out. But that's not like a way to become rich, you know. They're not going to be able to afford what the likes of, let's say, Fallout Boy, for example, right. would be able to afford because they've not made it yet and they don't have that money to play with that's always going to be a factor and it's it's hard to pick which clients to go after because of that you know you want to help out the little guy but also want to make money yeah so something else new school talk about is having a mix of those clients you know you have the big budget ones which cover things so that you can put time in towards doing the smaller projects that are perhaps have more passion behind them yeah I like that having having a good balance of clients that's something that I I'm not quite there yet but obviously I, no, would, neither. <laughs> I would really like to be there eventually uh, you said something else before that was really good and that I also do but I think a lot of people don't which is instead of altering the price or, or the quote taking off deliverables right mm-hmm. so like maybe you say it's going to cost this much and the client says oh, no, nah, that's too much. Can you do it for this much? Instead of lowering your price, but still giving the same amount of deliverables, just take deliverables off the top because that ends up lowering the price. Yeah, exactly. And you haven't devalued your work in doing that because you're actually doing less work for them. Yeah. I think a lot of people miss that one. I think, you yeah. know, to me it's quite obvious, but I think sometimes people feel pressured to you know, lower their price for the client because maybe they really want to do the project or it's a client that they really want to work with and so they want to do their best work and be able to fulfill the brief, I guess. Yeah, that's that's definitely an important consideration to make is, is that you can take off and, you know, offer less. If the client really wants to work with you, they'll want to work with you in a way that suits you both, you know. So, yeah, that, that the, in the negotiations, it's not just about price, it's about the output as well. Totally. Should we head into some tweets? Yes, let's do it. I ran a poll actually with our listeners just to get an idea. Probably should have talked about this up front. Doesn't matter. (laughs) I wanted to know, get an idea of how our listeners priced things. Uh, 37% said they have an hourly rate. 53% said that's a flat rate per project. And then there was 10% that was something else. And we had a few conversations on Twitter. So I think that's interesting. That's probably what I was expecting. Quite a few hourly rates. um, But also the majority do charge a flat rate. I think that is more the trend, if you want to call it that, in freelancing these days. Yeah, I wonder if it also differs a bit per 
industry. Like I, I'm imagining we have a lot of designers follow us on Twitter, but there could be some other people in there. That, like, I don't know, maybe developers or something else totally. Writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah writers. You know, they often charge differently. Like a lot of writers will charge, I think, per word or something. So, you know, there are other ways to charge depending on the industry that you're in and the type of work that you do. But I, I was pretty pretty pleased, actually, to see that over 50% said flat rate. Yeah, same. We had some interesting conversations about it, too. Uh, Tree said, I have a good idea of how long things are going to take me now, so a flat rate just makes sense. It's but also better for my client because they can budget better and I can, too. But then she said, but if I have ongoing work from clients over months and months, which often happens, then I just charge by the hour. So I think it makes sense when it's ongoing projects and it's doing a little bit here and there, pricing by the hour is really the only way to do it because it's not a complete project, you know? So Yeah, like sense. maybe you are helping them with their social media or something like that. So yeah. maybe they need some images once or twice a week or something and that's ongoing. I Yeah, I think that's a bit different from doing like a full-scale project. Yeah, exactly. But I do like what she said about, you know, the client can better budget and so can she, which I think is totally a good point to make is that if you know how much is coming in, you can better schedule and better budget yourself rather than an arbitrary hourly rate where maybe you don't know at the end of the project how much you're actually going to get. Exactly. Actually, this makes me think too, do you want to do another episode about getting paid? Because that's a whole other side <laughs> of pricing, I think, is actually getting the money from the client. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Huh? Okay. It's going to be a good one. If we talk about that now, this episode will be several hours long. <laughs> Tony says, I used to charge a flat rate, but now I'm moving towards value-based pricing. So that's cool. She's making the same shift as you. Kyle said, I currently charge a flat rate based off time and general value of the project. Sounds similar to me. And he says, I don't feel hourly covers the value it brings to clients. And I think that's true. I mean, you could increase your hourly rate based on what kind of client it is, but I think overall it's easier if you just work that into an overall flat rate price. Yeah, I mean, the time that it takes you to do something, I don't feel is a good representation of your skill in it or, or how, how good you are at it, you know? Like, you may only take a day to create a website for someone I don't know whatever and yeah I mean that sounds super fast but you're probably super fast at it because you've been doing it for 10 years so you shouldn't only bill for like eight hours of your time because it's worth so much more than that in in my opinion anyway no I, I think you're right Jenny said I used to charge by the hour day or project but now I'm experimenting with pricing based on value in, in brackets ROI uh, why she was charging based on the project or based on the hour was because everyone else was doing that and she didn't know a better way. And then she said why she changed to pricing on value is because it makes a lot more sense from a business point of view. But it's just new, so she's got no result to report back to us yet, though. I think she must have been thinking like you that pricing based on project is just made up of the hours that you've estimated. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, to me, like I said, pricing based on value is the method of figuring out the project rate yeah it'll be interesting to to hear yeah Jenny if you feel like reporting back to us how that's going for you we'd love to hear it because as we always say in these episodes we're still new at this as well you know we don't have all the answers we're still figuring things out so we need help too (laughs) 
Last tweet that I read out because this is already a long episode is from Pepper and she says, I tend to get more ongoing web work, which is why I charge hourly. Makes sense, like we've talked about. I think that that is a situation for hourly when it's ongoing maintenance perhaps to a website or, you know, making making changes. Yeah. Hourly makes sense there. I think if I'm correct, Pepper does design as well as a little bit of front-end work, I think. Correct oh, cool. me if I'm wrong, Pepper, but... It, if that's true, then I think that makes sense. You know, maybe she's ongoing, you know, doing ongoing stuff for them, like managing their hosting or whatever for their website, which I think that would make sense if you're charging that differently from like a you know, value-based price. Yeah. And the thing is that you can choose what type of projects you take on as well. Like I personally am probably not going to take on a project that involves commitment over a long period of time, you know, in and in that case would mean charging by the hour just because I like to have things wrapped up and, you know, over with <laughs> in a set <laughs> amount of time. So I know yeah what I'm doing with the rest of my time and can take on new projects, I suppose. That's just, you know, I want to take on projects I'm excited about. And because I freelance as a side project, I can do that, which, which is good. Let's wrap this up here because I think this is getting long and I'm sure that we could do many more episodes tying in with yes, this topic. Yes, we should actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave a little plug for myself, which is that I recently did a blog post both about hourly pricing and value-based pricing. So if anybody is interested in reading that and maybe uncovering a little bit more, then we will leave links to those in the show notes. Yeah, it'd be a great read. I hope that this episode has been useful. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, people listening to this might not have heard about value-based pricing before. Who knows? If you've got any questions for us, we are always available over on Twitter at DesignLifeFM and follow us there so you can join in on the chat for upcoming episodes. Yeah, next week we're going to be talking about repositioning. So if you have any questions about that, feel free to send us an email or a tweet and maybe we'll include it on the show. Make sure you head over and subscribe to us in iTunes as well. It really helps out the show, especially if you leave us a positive review. We really appreciate that. You can always find more about the show at our website, which is designlife.fm. And you'll find all of the episodes as well as our newsletter, which you can subscribe to. And it goes out every week. Good chat, fam. See you next week. All right. See ya.